Welcome to the Arena Church Podcast. We hope you enjoy the message. Great. Give me a, a, a nod if you're still alive. Yeah, brilliant. Everyone's alive. Wow, brilliant. Andy's not at the back. So I just want to, I never want to assume that everyone knows who I am. My name's Jono and I am married to my wife here of two, just over two years, Annie at the front. And we are, um, we are the, the students pastors here in Arena Church. And we also take a lead alongside Christian and Caroline, our lead pastors here in Nottingham. And it hit me again coming, coming this, this evening, this afternoon, just how much of a, a love and a passion I have for this city, we have for this city. You know, this has been a city that I've grown up in. It's been a city that I've done things I'm ashamed of in. It's the things I am um, almost proud of as well at the same time. This city has been my, my childhood, my, my life, and I love this, this city. And I will continue to, we will continue to invest in it, to pray for it, um, to turn up every week, as, as Christian says. And, you know, above everything, it's been a pleasure to get to know some of you guys, everyone except Vinny, of course. Exactly. I am joking. But as Christian says, we're starting a brand new series tonight and um, I, I, am, I am excited about this. I believe it's going to be groundbreaking for us in, here in Arena Church, Nottingham, because it's going to set in some healthy foundations into our lives and what God is wanting to do here. And let me tell you, this is not it. This is not just what God wants to do. A group of people like this sat, sat here. And how do I know that? Because the Bible says this, that God's heart is that none should perish. And it says that he's been patient in returning for the sake of our friends, for the sake of our families, your friends, your families. That's amazing. He's being patient. We can actually speed up the return of Jesus by giving more and more people an opportunity to accept him. That is, that's breathtaking to me. So, no further ado, I want to introduce the series title, as Christian said, is Behaviours. But that's, I'm going to leave it at that for a second. But hands up if you were a naughty child. Is anyone bold enough to say there was a naughty child? Yeah? I don't believe some people in here. I can honestly see some that, were, that definitely were naughty. But this last week, Annie and I, we went on a work trip. And in the airport, there was a child shouting, screaming, crying, rolling on the floor, causing such a fuss. And the, the, the parents around here, and I believe that this is the kind of child I'm sure most parents have nightmares about, they had no boundaries, no concept of behaving, no respect. It really was embarrassing and painful to see. And that was until my wife told me to get up, stop behaving and act my age. <laughs> now you've all seen that child. Maybe you were that child. Maybe you've had that child. I can see uh, Tim's nodding with Ben next to him as well. And Jack. But misbehaviour stinks, it really does. And we see it in kids all the time and I've heard from nearly every parent, obviously we're not parents just yet, that you can plan all you want for your kids not to be that screaming child in Tesco. But when they come, it's a completely different story. But gradually, good parents start to put boundaries in place. What is acceptable, what's not acceptable? What does it look like to live in, my, in our house? And as that kid grows up, that child becomes an adult, not just in age, but in maturity too. And sadly, without boundaries, age doesn't mean maturity. 
And I have honestly met 50-year-old men that behave less mature than 12-year-old girls. Maybe you have as well. Say no more, I'm saying no names at all. But I say that with no judgment, no condemnation, because honestly, I, without Jesus, would probably have been that man. And maybe, like me, this is your kind of story. Your parents gave you good boundaries, like my parents did. But when you were able to break them, you did. You did what you want, when you want. And it got you nowhere. Whenever any authority comes, whether that's a teacher, a boss, a council worker, government, pastor, leader, you've pushed back on it and pushed the boundaries to where you want them. And where does it get us? Yes, it gets us to a point where we're in control. But other than that, it gets us absolutely nowhere. Empty, most likely quite alone and definitely with very little respect. And I want this next sentence to sink in. I believe it's going to come on the screen in a second. But it seems quite ironic and maybe a little bit backwards. So maybe if you've got notes, write it down, uh, reflect on it because it, it does seem a little bit ironic and backwards. But it's this. With no boundaries, you are bound. With boundaries comes freedom. That seems complete. In your mind, it seems the opposite way around, doesn't it? But take somebody who has no, no boundaries, boundaries for spending money. I'll spend what I want, when I want it, I'll buy the next pair of trainers I need that, that I need, or Christian. Uh, then comes the debt, and you become bound. And take, for example, a drug addiction. It starts off with no boundaries, I'll take what I want, when I want it. Then the no boundaries causes someone to be bound by addiction. And it doesn't have to be like this for, for just these two things. It can be any area, whether that's marriage, whether that's friendship, whether that's family, the list could go on and on and on. And I want to say, just as a side note, if anyone in here is, is maybe dealing with those kind of issues, you are not alone. We want to help you. If you have anything like that, please, our prayer and next steps point, somebody will be able to point you in the right direction. We're here to help. We really are, as the T-shirts say. But what about if you flip it? What about if you put in boundaries in your life? You decide you're not going to be around drugs, a boundary, you become free. You decide to put a budget in place, you stick to the budget, you create margin, you're free. You decide you'll never be alone with another woman other than your wife, you're free from guilt and whatever can come on, and so on and so on and so on. Boundaries, and let me put another word here, behaviours bring two things. They bring freedom in your life, and secondly, which is so important, and I'm sure you'll all agree, it makes you good to be around. When we have boundaries, it makes you good to be around. So this new series, Behaviour, I want to say, what is it not? It is not to make us fall in line or fit in and bring bondage to your life. In fact, it's the complete opposite. Diversity and difference are a part of who we are at Arena Church. If you go along to one of our established campuses, you'll see every colour, every generation, every background, every class, all united. And it is really amazing to see and, and quite attractive. And I believe there'll come a time here in Nottingham where we'll have drug addicts sat next to millionaires. We'll have those that vote for Labour sat next to those that vote for Conservatives. We'll have students sat next to pensioners. We'll have locals sat next to those who have moved thousands of miles to where they are today. We'll have those with good hair sat next to me. And this one's a little controversial. 
we'll have Forest supporters sat next to Derby supporters. That would be a miracle. But in all that, we'll have a core set of behaviours for people to know what it is like to be around here. And as I've said, an attractiveness to be around here as, as well. Think of it this way. In your house, you may ask people to take your shoes off. You may not. You may ask those living with you to help with the cooking. You may not. You may have a toilet seat up or a toilet seat down rule. You may have a no shouting rule or you may not. One rule I could not get my head around at home was when, we, when the lights actually had to be turned off. If we went out for like less than half an hour, they had to be turned off. If we went out for longer than that, they had to be left on and the whole of our street was like Blackpool Illuminations. I could never get my head quite around that. Another behaviour we have that I had to get my head around with myself and my wife, in my house, if you wanted somebody, you'd have to go to them and, and, and ask them the question. But in Annie's house, if you want somebody, you shout for them and they have to come to you. So this was a, a bit of a, a tension in, in, our, in our marriage, our house, when we first got there. But there, there's behaviours of your household that causes your house to flourish and the people who come into your house to know what it's like to be around there. And in the same way, we have some behaviours that will cause this house called Arena to flourish. And listen to this, your friends and your family to come and feel comfortable when you bring them. So briefly, what are these behaviours? We'll be going into more detail in the coming weeks. So I'm only going to be brief, but I'm going to start off with the things that we, we don't want here. And sadly, the culture of a place is often unhealthy by default. It naturally goes to unhealthy culture. So here's four things we don't want here that will naturally occur unless we are intentional about not having them. I'm going to list them right now. Religion, rejection, control and offence. Religion, rejection, control and offence. Number one, religion. What is religion? Surely we are religious here. Yes, we are religious here. But what we're talking about is the attitudes and practices that seek to suppress people. God wants to bring freedom and not suppression. God is focused on having a relationship with us, whereas religion has us do specific things in order to be accepted. Jesus has already made the sacrifice for us all, and all we need to do is accept that, follow Jesus, and live in the freedom he gives us. And if you read the Bible, you know that Jesus saved some of his strongest words for religion, describing it as burdensome, proud, external, powerless, critical, joyless, and stubborn. Instead here, we are not into religion. We are wanting everyone to have a relationship with Jesus as a good father and son would. That is one of the greatest gifts I've ever received in my life. Secondly, <clears throat> rejection. Rejection. Jesus was rejected time and time again. Yet he never let it define him and turn into anger or bitterness. And the, the fact is that we'll all feel rejected at some point in our lives in many different ways, but it is our decision how we let that define us. We do not want rejection here. Thirdly, control. And there have been some controlling world leaders over the years, and sadly even some in the church, that have had relative success through control. And the, we can, the fact is we can look at them, we can push back on them, and we can talk and we can look on and think, you get, get all irate with them but sadly control can creep into all of our hearts we all want control and we have to push back on that 
I am not here to control you. You are not here to control the person sat next to you. We have to push back on control. And fourthly and finally is offence. We have this saying here in the arena that offence is never given, it is always taken. And where do we look to, to prove that? It is to Jesus himself. Jesus never took offence. Many tried to do things to offend him, but he never took offence. And because of that, he lived free. Arena Church recognises that offence will almost certainly come to us all at some point in time. And we have the ability to choose how we will react. To be offended is not unavoidable, but we are encouraged to let it fall to the ground in grace and live a life of blessings. And as I've said, all of these will creep in somehow. It's inevitable. Our enemy has no new way of trying to weave his way in. It says in John 10.10 that the thief, our enemy, comes to steal, to kill and destroy. And these four areas, my challenge is all of us to be aware of them. Religion, rejection, control and offence. And actively take hold of each of these in our own lives, not for the person sat next to you, or even your husband, your wife, your child and so on, but your own life, my own life. Instead, what do we want? And as I've said, unhealthy culture comes naturally, but good culture only comes through design. Unhealthy culture comes naturally, but good culture only comes through design. And you'll recognise that every one of these that is going to come in a second is a sign of healthy culture. It's something that we all want to be around. We all want to be around people like this next list that I'm going to give. So firstly, we have seven of them. Firstly, honour. We have this saying here, and it's so true. Everybody is somebody at Arena Church. We place value on everyone. You are so valuable. You are so valuable. What does the Bible say about you? It says this, for you formed my inward parts. You knitted me together in my mother's womb. That's about you. Isaiah 43 verse four. You are precious in my eyes and honoured and I love you. That's God speaking to you today. John 1, 12, but to all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. You are a child of God tonight. Ephesians 2, 10, you are God's workmanship, God's handiwork, God's masterpiece. The list could go on and on and on. You are so valuable. And here's the thing, so is the other person that's gonna be walking into Arena Church that might rub you up the complete opposite way that you don't want to be. But he, they, he or she is so valuable to God. And we wanna honour that which God sent his son to die for and that is people. Secondly, unity. We seek to build relationships and teams. We model we and not I. The Bible says where there is unity, God commands a blessing. And I love, I've got a lot of my friends sat around here, but I love being a part of a friendship that's united. That sometimes we disagree, but we can disagree and still be united. We make, that, we make that choice. And I also love supporting a football team that has united in their name. Manchester United. Thirdly, generosity. We believe it is more blessed to give than to receive. And I say this every time, and I'll, whenever I speak about this, or whenever I think about generosity, and that, that verse, it's more blessed to give than to receive, I think of my granny. Because my granny at Christmas time, when, when I was a kid, I used to remember opening my presents around her, and uh, she'd, 
if you gave her a present, she'd be very, oh, I'll open that later. That's no problem, no problem at all. But as soon as she gave us something, she'd be on the end of her seat. She'd been planning for months and months what to buy us. She'd be uh, eagerly waiting for what, what, what our reaction was. My granny models the fact that it's better to, more blessed to give than to receive. Excellence. Doing the best we can with what we have. Now, we don't have thousands of pounds here. We don't have a thousand seat of venue. But what we do have, we will use excellently. And this building in 2020, we're going to use excellently. We're not just wanting it to be short in the week. We're not wanting it to be just a Sunday thing where it opens its doors when, when we all come here to worship God. We want that to be open. We want it to be open to the community. We want it to be open to serve people. We want it to be open to serve the homeless, serve people that are less fortunate than us, and even serve people that are probably more fortunate than us as well. We want to do everything we do with excellence, the best we can with what we have. Passion. We will bring our energy and can do into every situation. And passion looks differently to all of us. For my wife, passion means shouting, it means screaming, it means being very expressive. You maybe know my wife here, you've seen her speak at worship a minute ago. She's very expressive. But for me, when I get passionate, I get obsessive. Something consumes me. I literally cannot take my eyes off that, that one thing. I want to do it until I've done the best thing I could possibly do. Passion is completely different for so many people. But we want to bring all of our passion together and make a difference. Aspiration. Aspiration. We are committed to see everyone fulfill their God-given purpose. Everyone in here is purposed. Everyone in here has been made on purpose and for a purpose. We are led by an aspiring God who wants to see the best version of you possible. Not the best version of you who's the, the person sat next to you so you've molded into them. No, the best version of you possible. And we're also led by such a visionary leader in Christian here who will not allow us to settle for comfort. For comfort. And that is good. We have an aspiring leader that we can follow. The best thing you can do if you don't think that you're aspiring is get around people that are aspirational. I've gone further in my life because of people that could see further in my life than I, I could. So if you don't feel aspirational, I want to just encourage you, get around people that are. And finally, most importantly, I believe, is faith. The God-pleasing principle that fuels everything. Faith looks like when 25 people turn up, we're still believing in faith for many, many, many new people to meet our beautiful saviour. Faith means our natural bias sides more towards more, not less. Sides towards positive and not negative. Even when things around us tell us differently. And as I finish, these seven things in, hum in humility, I'd like to say, these behaviours are very important to us at Arena because we believe that they are from the very heart of God and are mirrored through his very character. You read the Bible, you see all seven of these going through, through Jesus himself. And I believe if we can all commit to these things, we will truly start to see God move through this church as we go and grow and love and serve our world. And as God promises, where there's unity, where there's one mind, where, there's, where we're in one accord, he commands the blessing. He doesn't just say, possibly bless that place no he commands it he sends his angels ahead of him 
to, to, to bless the place that, that that is in. And how how will we be blessed? I believe we'll be blessed in three ways. Personally, corporately, and externally. What does that look like? Personally, we'll be blessed in our lives individually, with jobs, with health, with finance, with opportunity, with closeness with God, and that is the biggest blessing of all. We'll be blessed with influence over others. God wants to use you to bring people to him outside of this building. We need to remind ourselves of that every day. Every day you step into work, every day you step into school, university, college. God wants to use you to bring people to him there. Not, not necessarily to bring him here, but bring, him to, bring them to him where, where you are. This could be a, probably a, a next step for them to come along. But you have, the, you have the power, you have the authority to bring somebody to Jesus in your everyday life. So personally, corporately, I believe God wants to bless us here with thousands coming to know God. With opportunities as a church that we can only put down to God blessing us. New people in each week. Those that are coming in for freedom. People that have been bound by addiction. People that have been bound by things in their mind to be walking out completely free. I believe God wants to bless us with that here corporately. And I honestly believe that the council will look here for help. Council will look here for wisdom. God wants to bless us with with, God wants to bless us corporately here with wisdom. And finally, externally, we have this saying in our in our marriage that we we are blessed to be a blessing. So that means when we when we're given something by God, we want to give it away. We want to make sure that we are being a blessing when we are blessed. And I believe that Nottingham will be known differently by the blessing God pours through us as his church into this city. And I'm not just talking about Arena Church here. We want to we pray for every church around this, this city that they will be blessed so that we can bless this city. All of us can be blessed to be a blessing. You know, we read a, an article that Nottingham is, I believe I'm right in quoting this, Nottingham is the saddest city in the country. But I believe God wants to flip that on its head completely. We can be blessed to be a blessing. To finish, how does this all link to Jesus? When Jesus came to this earth, he gave us one commandment in John 13, 34. It says this, a new command I give to you, love one another. As I have loved you, so you must love one another. And this one command sums up how we should live our lives and it also underscores every single positive behaviour that I've spoken on and actually puts a cross through all the four negative behaviours we don't want. And if we live without the four behaviours we don't want and with the seven we do, we'll be mirroring our great God. Let's live as Jesus calls us to live. Not as a group of misbehaving, stroppy teenagers, but joyful, exciting, good to be around people that will impact those around us for years and years to come. What may seem small and insignificant right now is a miracle waiting to happen. And as we get ourselves right in our own lives and here corporately and focus on our characters, our attitudes and our culture, I believe God will do the rest.